The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. This is Denise Salcedo with Robin Lundberg, and this is the weekend edition of the Busted Open Podcast. We discuss SmackDown's tribute to both Bray Wyatt and Terry Funk. We also get into the buildup for AEW All In. You won't want to miss it. LA Knight had one of the, you know, the last matches with Bray Wyatt on Royal Rumble the Mountain Dew pitch black match and man, uh, having LA Knight go out there and, you know, talk about this. I thought he did a really good job of, you know, honoring Bray and then also kind of, you know, keeping in character in a way, but also making sure to touch, you know, to just do it in a very nice way. I thought when he mentioned the part about him keeping it together until he saw the photo, until he saw the photo of his family, I thought that was super, you know, I think a lot of people, when they heard him say that, I think everybody had like a me too kind of moment where you're like, I know exactly what he's talking about because I think everybody feels that way because we all have people that we love and we all have family members. And so to see something like that, it's really hard. So Ellie Knight touching on that. And then afterwards, you know, ending his promo with Bray Wyatt's line. I thought that was really a really nice touch there too. Robin, uh, what did you make of, you know, what we just heard right now with Ellie Knight and some of the things that he had to say? Well, I think it, it speaks to how they view LA Knight now um, in, in a way that it, it makes sense as a connection. That was the, the final feud that, that Bray Wyatt had. And, and obviously you mentioned the, the final match as well um but la Knight being entrusted with the microphone and the ability to to say what he wants to say let me talk to you uh and, and say what he wants to say i think was was a a show of support um and confidence from the the wwe brass triple h and, and whomever to to be comfortable with that moment with, with the the fact that they knew all right we can trust this guy you know there's the connection, but he could have he could have done a quick promo, you know, bang bang, and, and moved on. Like Bray, thanks for letting me be a part of the end of your career, you know, and and move on. But instead, they said we're going to give this guy the microphone and let him go. And and I think that that's a vote of confidence for him. And, and he came through and, and did a, a really nice job in not being phony about it, like he said, um, but but sprinkling in the the Bray Wyatt line to end the the promo. Um, and, and just discussing how it, it kind of prepared him. Because would LA Knight be where he is now with Bray Wyatt? Maybe not. 
right? Maybe not. I, I can't say that for sure. But but anytime you're involved with Bray Wyatt, there's a curiosity factor. There there's people that are more eyeballs that are going to be on you. And and I I think that was at least in my mind the program that put LA Knight on the map in a lot of ways in WWE. You you forget because his rise has been so quick and and so organic because it's really been a lot of it fan base. But I I, I do think he did a nice job uh, with that moment and and, and I think. In addition to honoring Bray as he should have, it was a um, some insight into the fact that that LA Knight is now uh, a made man. Exactly, it was his first feud on the main roster, and they worked that thing for months. You know, they were doing that for months, and then again leading into this uh, pitch black match at the Royal Rumble. Uh, it's just one of those things where you're always going to think about it now. Anytime you, uh, you know, think about LA Knight's start in, uh, you know, the main roster, when you think about the Royal Rumble for this year, you're always going to think about those things, and in in a way, that's ways that you know someone's legacy lives on right when you think about these moments and you talk about them so we have a couple of callers who want to share their memories and so we're going to go ahead and bring them on uh let's go ahead and start off with d from michigan uh d you're on the air hey how you doing good morning good morning how are you i'm good first time caller and i just uh first i wanted to say you guys are doing an amazing job with this bray white tribute um and one of the things I wanted to share, first off, like, just how amazing his presence was. His presence, his style of wrestling, his promos, and this is just such a tragic loss for the wrestling community. Um, so I wanted to share a quick memory. I want to say 2014, me and my wife went to a live event in Detroit, and Bray Wyatt took on John Cena, and it was a no-disqualification match. And... When he came out, I remember just being in there and every everyone in the crowd put out their phones and just his presence and it was just a live event and the way um he the way he treated whether it was a live event or Monday Night Raw or SmackDown, he just always, always gave us a show. And that match him and John Cena put on was amazing. And it's just uh it's just a, a, a very, very sad loss. Uh, I wanted to offer my condolences to his family, his friends, and his fans. And thank you. Thank you guys again. Thank you, D. We appreciate that call. Um, and, and it's moments like that, like when he mentioned even little things, right, Robin, when it comes to like taking out your phone and, you know, turning on the little light and putting it up in the air. And if anybody has ever had that experience at a live event, uh, you, you know what I'm talking about. It, it's a it's a fun little moment when you're out there and you take out your phone, you put out your light, you're singing along, you're nodding your head, uh, all of that. So it is something that uh, I like that he mentioned that as well. And then obviously uh, Brace work with John Cena, too. And um and when they did like the cinematic match, like that was something that I remember was, you know, people were like, oh, my God, what is this? And uh, it was definitely something where it was different. It was different. And it gave us a lot to talk about during that time period. Yeah. I mean, Bray Wyatt in some ways was polarizing. Right. Uh, but again, that's because of the, the gift that he had um, of creativity and risk taking. And when you do that, not everything's going to hit with everybody. But when it hits it's going to be a grand slam home run. And we, we've seen that with Bray Wyatt in those moments that are so widely shared and, and connect. And, and, you know, being you, you talk about holding that light up. I, I go back to the top of the show. I think 
the beginning of SmackDown, from the video package to the crowd singing along to the shot of that rocking chair, was a fitting tribute to Bray Wyatt and and a window into the fact that there's nothing else like pro wrestling. And, and being in a crowd and doing that, that's not something that you just flippantly move on from. That's something you remember that sticks with you. It's a memory. It's why I'm scrambling to get WrestleMania tickets to, to you know, I tried the day of and I got double super kicked in the face because of the demand was so high. And now I'm like reworking the plans. How many of the fam is going, you know, what's going to happen? But but it's it's why I'm on this mission to get my, especially my oldest son there, who's the, the biggest fan in the household, right? Like I, I, I want him to have that memory, that moment, because I know it's beyond just going to an event. That's something that's going to stick with you and, and be a moment of a lifetime, depending on, you know, what happens and, and what that equivalent of holding the light up is. But Bray Wyatt provided those is the point I'm making uh, on a couple occasions. There is no way there are people who were at SummerSlam in, what, 2019 who don't remember The Fiend coming out. Like, that's what they remember. That's what they're going to say forever. Like, that was one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of, an immersive experience. And, and, And Bray Wyatt was a master at delivering those. Exactly. All right, let's go ahead and bring in a couple more callers. Uh, let's bring in Sean from Texas. Uh, Sean, you're on the air. Hey, uh, thank you for taking my call. And I, I'm not going to lie to you, this one this one hits. You know, I grew up outside of Waco, Texas. So growing up, I always had like a fascination with Colts. And when he came out with the Wyatt family and he was just doing the follow the buzzards and you know, all the fireflies, and it just, it was, it just, it hit. Like, I, you never seen it before in, in WWE or anywhere else, really. And uh, I remember back when, when Eddie, and even to an extent Chris, before we knew all the details, when they, pat, that was rough. But this one, like, I'm 32 years old. He was only 36 years. This one hurts. And, like, I don't know. I, I do want to say, however, the difference between Eddie and and this one is, you know, a lot of wrestling fans are kind of ostracized for being wrestling fans, and we didn't have this platform back then. So I do want to say thank you to both of y'all for, you know, offering the ability to just kind of get it off your chest. But, yeah. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. I, I, I feel you, Sean. I mean, um, that some of these losses, whether, you know, it's one thing when it's somebody, you know, obviously. And, and, and that's why we've, we've expressed thoughts to, to his family um, and friends and, and everybody relates to that because everybody has family and friends and, and everybody's been through a loss at some point, but for even people you don't know, um, performers, athletes, uh, WWE superstars, uh, there are those ones that hit you. Because they felt like a part of your life. And, and I think between the connection Bray Wyatt was able to make with the audience that, that I uh, have mentioned several times and the abrupt nature of it. You know, he was known for his entrances, but his exit felt so sudden. And that is, I, I think, one of the reasons it's, it's very difficult for anybody to process something that doesn't feel like it should have happened. Uh, and, and that is the difference in, in Terry Funk. Again, we should honor Terry Funk and Terry Funk's career is legendary. But there's a, a difference between the, the way that information is received because of his age and the life that he lived versus the, the way that the, the Bray Wyatt information is received because of how sudden it was. Right. And you mentioned, you know, these connections that we have because, you know, 
clearly when it comes to stuff like this, when we're talking about celebrities, you don't have like this, you know, it's not like you know them behind the scenes, right? Like you only know them in terms of who they were on, on camera and whatnot. But even then, like I still remember like every single celebrity death that ever, you know, like that really really like you just felt it I remember when Eddie died and something that uh Sean mentioned right now which he said not having like necessarily the forum to come out and like talk about it and I remember when Eddie died I I found out about it through MySpace of all things and I I saw it on some like bulletin or whatever and I'm like this can't be real this is probably one of those like fake things that goes around on the internet I remember going to wwe.com and it was right there on the front page and at that time uh, I know a lot of people were already online I wasn't it was just one of those things where you go into your room you do whatever you have to do to like process someone's passing and that's it. Then afterwards you just continue to like move on. Right. And so nowadays, like it is different. You do have more of a community. You have more of like people that you can talk about it with and talk about these things. I remember when Kobe Bryant passed away, uh, that was something that man, that was hard. That was so hard. And, but there was at least people that you can talk about it with and you can, you know, have conversations. You can remember memories or whatever the situation, is and so right now with Bray it's the same thing it's like man it's so sudden like you said when it comes to and this was also something Sean touched on 36 years old my god like you know that's not very far away from my age you know from your age from a lot of a lot of people obviously but and even people that are older think back and they're like man 36 that's so young or if you're younger you're like 36 it's that's not enough time to live your life it's just not enough time and so I think a lot of people when you hear that it just it hits different, right? It puts things in perspective because anytime there's a loss, you start to think about life. You start to think about the people you love. You start to think about uh, just life in general and how, unfortunately, it's a part of life. Yeah, I mean, Kobe, that was a, a good example because I, you know, I, I cried after that happened. That's, you know, I, I do a lot of NBA basketball debates my whole life, right? He's been a part of those debates and then it went beyond just the loss of Kobe, but his daughter, and, and you think about the other families, and, and I, you know, I obviously have young kids, as I've mentioned here, and you, you know, you, you personalize it for a second, and, and that can bring you to tears, and, and, and with Bray, the personal stories that I've heard as well, um, you know, uh, uh, Kaz um, is a friend of mine, and Peter Rosenberg is a friend of mine, and I've seen them share stories about what kind of guy he was, and the way he treated people as well. And, you know, I'm going to trust what what they're saying, obviously knowing them. So that's another wrinkle to this is it wasn't just the connection that Bray Wyatt made with the audience at large, which was part of his character and and part of his job. But it was the connection he made with those who covered um, WWE or or, uh, were were looking. I I think there was a video that was going viral about him coming out to to talk to a a young fan who who wanted to speak to him. It it just seems from all accounts that – Ray Wyatt was a beloved guy, as well as a beloved character. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit, credit to the people. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, 
both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Hey everyone, it's Howard Bender from the Andy Up Podcast. Every weekday, Adam Ronis and I serve you up the picks, plays, and fantasy information needed to win your bets. You know, this isn't just your average sports betting show, though, for one very good reason. We won't tell you what to do unless we've already done it ourselves. That's right. We put our money where our mouths are, so we're just as invested in each bet as you are. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, free for most subscribers. And today we are celebrating the lives of both Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt. We've been getting a lot of phone calls, the nation sharing their uh, their memories, just talking about everything. And we got a couple more callers. So let's go ahead and bring in Elliot from Coral Gables, Florida. Elliot, you're on the air. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. Thank you. Thank you for calling in. No, no, no problem. Um I was like, all right, I'm going to watch the show. I'm going to, if I cry, I cry. And man, the production team, WWE, that, that video that started SmackDown, I, I started tearing, you know, especially when, like LA Knight, when the pit, the pictures of his family, that's, that's what it's all about. And it was very, it's just very surreal. And I thought the tribute show yesterday was very beautiful. Um, and you know, like you know, like one, I'll get, I'll say one Terry Funk thing and one Bray Wyatt thing. Uh, yesterday, you know, there was a 
the Ridge Holland and Butch match, you know, Ridge Holland was kind of carrying Butch kind of like a ladder. So I thought like that was a good tribute to the way that Terry Funk used to carry that ladder and, you know, hit people. So I thought that was like a very beautiful fitting tribute to Terry Funk. And, you know, um, I loved watching Bray Wyatt for many, many years. Uh, a couple years ago, uh, me and my friends were hosting uh, uh, trick-or-treaters for a Halloween party uh, while we were just out in the front yard drinking beers, and I dressed as Bray Wyatt when he had his when he first came up to WWE. And out of all the costumes, the kids would recognize me because, like, he was like, "Whoa, you're Bray Wyatt!" Yeah, like, you know, I had the big beard and and everything like that, and you know, it just talks about like it just shows that a lot of kids still look up to these wrestlers like they're amazing superheroes and they have so much talent and it was just it's just surreal that he's he's no longer with us but his spirit lives on um and you know kids will emulate to emulate to him he's definitely a sure find a Hall of Famer, and, you know, it'd be great if he would induct him, Brody, and maybe the entire Wyatt family next year for WrestleMania. I think that'd be very fitting. Um, but before I go, I just want to say thank you for opening, opening the lines the last couple of days, letting us share our, th- our thoughts about Terry Funk and uh, Wyndham Rotunda. And, you know, like the previous caller said, my heart goes out to the family thinking about their kids and uh, grandkids and you know uh, just make sure everybody's listening out there you just give your family a call and you just tell them you love them very much because you never know what's going to happen so thank you so much for opening the lines thank you so much Elliot we appreciate you uh, calling in and sharing your thoughts and your memories Um, let's bring in Stuart from West Virginia Uh, Stuart you're on the air Uh, hi Denise thank you for Thank you for having me on, and I, I enjoy your all show. Last night, my son, which is 26, you know, wrestling is a big part of our family. I've watched it my entire life, and I've been blessed to be able to share it with him. And as as, as we came in, as we watched together last night, he started crying, and he looked at me. He said, Dad, I can't believe I'm crying over someone I've never even met. And I said, well, you grew up with him. You grew up watching him in these last 10 years. And I'd like to share a share a story at a house show we always go to house shows here in charleston west virginia and in 2013 it was not long after my son's grandfather died so we went to a house show and 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 a lot of times they debut these nxt characters so here comes this bray white with it with this weird gimmick and a hawaiian shirt and i remember looking at him and i i even hollered get a new gimmick my goodness i feel like now i have egg on my face because he ended up getting it over and becoming a star in one of our favorite parts of each show we watched every week. So I just want to say how much these these guys who entertain us mean to us and our families. And, and, and when we lose them, we feel like we've lost someone in our family. So I, I'm a pastor, and, and I'll be praying for the wrestling community and, and the members of the Rotunda and the Funk families. Thank you so much, Stuart. And yeah, I think uh, Stuart touched on a little bit of what we were talking about, Robin, where, yeah, even if you don't know these people, you know, when a celebrity passes away, you still have that connection and it still hurts. Yeah, I mean, look, there, there's celebrity 
connections that you'll feel we we reference kobe bryant i obviously work in sports that was a huge one music over the last several years you know prince tom petty um but with wrestling the one thing that is sort of unique and it's why i say there's no other business like it is the crowd is such a part of the show like in other you know in the concert the crowd is a part of the show because they're there and they're 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 vibing in sports, the crowd is there chanting against one team or rooting for one team. But it does feel like a wrestling show, the quality of it goes up or down based on how the crowd is. And the, the crowd, therefore, is connected to the, the performers, as we said, the, 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 the superstars. And Bray Wyatt had that connection because that was the thing. I mean, I, I think they chanted, you know, holy shit or this is awesome after various entrances that, that he's made over the, the, the course of his career. And, and, and I do think, you know, Cody Rhodes was the Cody Rhodes was the, the bumping that we heard at the top of the hour. And, and a, a theme that's been brought up a few times is what was Bray Wyatt going to do next? And, and I think that's part of it that that a lot of people are thinking about now, because could he have been after Brock Lesnar? You know, could he have returned and gone against Cody Rhodes? That that would have made some sense. And where did they plan to take him? Because it wasn't that long ago where The Undertaker was in the ring with Bray Wyatt, whispering in his ear, you know, which felt like a sort of passing of the torch moment. It, it, what did uh, Cody say at the top? The rub, right? It, it felt a little bit like that from Undertaker to Bray Wyatt because Undertaker was the supernatural character, um, you know, from his debut at Survivor Series with the Million Dollar Team, through the, the American badass era to, to the very end of his career um, and, and the match he had with, with AJ Styles. But Bray Wyatt was, in many ways, that era apparent as that supernatural character because that's not an easy thing to, to make work either because, you know, it's, it's in, a, in and of itself not believable, right? Like very uh, – that's, that's part of – you have to suspend the, the, the belief in order to buy in. And it takes a certain presentation and delivery to make that effective. And Bray Wyatt had that. And I think like everything that you touched on there was definitely right, especially when you're talking about, you know, all of the just like, yeah, when you start thinking, like, here's the thing. Okay, I want to start off with the Undertaker portion of it first, because in that moment, like, it's crazy because, again, we're looking back at these things in hindsight. And who would have known that, you know, just a couple months later, we would be looking at that moment uh, even differently? Because, yeah, he was often compared to the Undertaker. And like you mentioned earlier, a lot of, you know, what uh, Bray Wyatt did was polarizing. He got people to feel certain ways, whatever. Right. Like, that's just part of it. He said it himself. It's part of entertainment. There's something for everybody and whatnot. And so, you know, that moment with the Undertaker I remember like also in that press conference that Bray did he talked about that moment with the Undertaker and he said that that was always going to be a moment that like he kind of was going to keep to himself because it still hasn't really been I don't think it's ever been revealed unless I missed it what exactly it is that Undertaker said to Bray Wyatt and I remember that at that press conference Bray had said that this was something special for him and even mentioning passing it along to his children and passing along that moment um you know, just meant a lot more to him than I think maybe a lot of us might have imagined. Because again, like you talk about The Undertaker and he's been put on such a high pedestal because there will never be another person like The Undertaker. But Bray Wyatt, 
was, you know, doing something similar, but so different, like his own version, his own take on stuff like that, the supernatural type of stuff. And a lot of people made those comparisons. And it's tough when you're out there being compared to The Undertaker, but you're still trying to do your own version, your own thing. And so him talking about that, man, it's just like it's taking me all back right now. Like everything just hits different uh, again in hindsight and looking back at the last even just like the last year of just things that now feel like oh my god uh of course with this stuff like you can never say oh i saw it coming of course not like no one can ever see any of this stuff coming but when you look back you're just thinking like man i i, I can't believe it i just can't believe it uh and i do want to touch on uh earlier we played a clip of cody rhodes and what he had to say about terry funk and that was something that um, you know, we're also talking about Terry and celebrating his life. And we've had a couple of callers on here to talk about that. Uh, Cody Rhodes last night on SmackDown, uh, not only did WWE play a very nice tribute video to Terry, but Cody Rhodes came out and he basically stated that he wanted to share a story. And he shares the story about when he was 11 years old and hearing a guy calling his father an egg sucking dog and thinking this was going to go one direction. And uh, it ended up being Terry. And he shares that story and he talks, he puts over that 50 year legacy very nicely because in the brief time that he was out there, he basically talked about how he, uh, you know, always kept doing something different in these 50 years that he was in pro wrestling. He kept doing something different. And then they showed this clip of moments and highlights of him from the NWA, his NWA days, WWE days, ECW, uh, his uh, and also um, just, you know, all of those moments. And so I kind of want to take a second here and talk about not just what Cody did, but also we ended up having a, a Terry Funk hardcore match. Uh, the Street Profits defeated the Brawling Brutes, and this was just a tag team match to kind of honor uh, Terry Funk, and I thought that was an additional nice touch to do. Uh, what would you make of just everything Cody had to say, the tribute video, as well as the hardcore match? I thought what Cody had to say was great. Uh, Cody is, I, I mean, I, I feel like, He's just come into his own. I mean, he's become the 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 star. It felt like to me before WrestleMania, he was kind of being pushed to be. And and, and I was on. We discussed this the last time we did a show together. I, I I actually think him not winning was a good move. And and I, I think this is part of the reason because it feels like he shot up in in stature. The way that the fans rally around him, how big a deal it feels for him to come out. The whoa uh, from from his music, all those things. And he's got that commanding presence where he just knows how to communicate and, and speak to the audience. So I thought uh, he did a wonderful job with that. I was a little – I was with the people who were like, why is this a hardcore match? I mean, I get why it was labeled that, but it wasn't exactly a hardcore match in practice. Um, that's okay, though. Look, uh, again, they, they didn't have much notice for this uh, for either uh, of these things, and they, they did their best. To honor, so it was more the spirit of it than the actual um, use of weapons or, or whatnot that that wasn't there. There was a table involved, but just naming it after him was tribute uh, enough. Uh, and if, if there was any criticism or critique, I guess that is fair. You could say the hardcore match wasn't exactly a hardcore match in line with how Terry Funk hardcore matches <laughs> once looked. But um, again, I'm not going to harp on that because overall, I think. 
the the thought is what counts and the gesture is what counts and i and i thought cody rhodes did a wonderful job expressing that. hey everyone jen piacenti here host of sticks and stacks the podcast that brings you the very best action from the world of hockey and baseball each week myself sean drotar and nate lundy will bring you our best picks and talk you through the props bets and fantasy advice that can help you become the best fantasy manager in your league or even just help you win some money subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the sxm app free for most subscribers. We got so much to get into here. Uh, I'm in London. I'm excited for it. And just getting to see like even the the ads on the buses has been cool and getting to see all the talent be here. And just like overall, it feels kind of awesome to be here. Uh, Robin, what do you make of like just everything that we're even here having this event? And I guess you can say like, you know, what are you what are your thoughts overall on it? Well, I think it's cool, right? I mean, I, I think uh, uh, these international shows have been really cool as of late, and, and I like the fact that they're becoming more frequent um, because some of these fan bases haven't had that fix in a long time. So, you know, we, we have the show, WWE has a show coming up in India. There was the, the one in Puerto Rico. Obviously, uh, you know, you've had the Saudi show, and now, obviously, uh, London, all in. There was always the tease of WrestleMania happening there at one point. But this is about AEW. Uh, today and this weekend in London. And I, I don't want to mince words. I think this is a huge show for them. I think this is one that they have to come through on, right? Like the, 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 the Wembley Stadium selling out, that's an accomplishment in and of itself. Whatever people want to say, the fact that they came and were a fledgling promotion that developed a hardcore fan base that uh, captured wrestling fans enough to sell, what is it, 80,000, 90,000 tickets – Whatever the case is, that is a big thing. That is a stamp of legitimacy. Um, that is, is testament to what they've built. But that's not the end of the tale. You have to, you have to use that as the, the jumping off moment. That's climbing to the top rope. Now are you, are you hitting that moonsault off the top rope? Are you hitting that big elbow off the top rope? So I think there's um, – I don't want to use the word pressure – because this is a celebratory thing. People are, people are there to have a good time. They're not there to, to say, oh, this wasn't good or critique. They're there to be a part of the excitement and enjoy. But uh, they need to deliver. And, and I think AEW, maybe for more than that at any point in, in their history, has an event that they're going to get more eyeballs on, that they've gotten more attention for, and that I think they have to deliver on more than any other. Yeah, and you're right on that, man. It's like it's going to be this thing where I think the people just overall, like you said, are going to be excited to be there. And, of course, if there's like a match that maybe isn't that great, I still think the crowd will be like, you know what, they're going to be feeding off of that energy. And sometimes the crowd can make or influence a match. And so I think we'll be seeing quite a bit of that. But I feel like with the card, which I'm going to run down in just a second, I feel like they've really set up this show to just have a lot of good wrestling and a lot of good stories coming out of it. And keep in mind that we got all out literally next weekend. And so given the fact that we don't only have a couple matches, I'm expecting to know a little bit more about what the all outs could 
the all out card is going to look like coming out of all in. So let's see. Let's see what we got here. So let me run down the card. I'm going to kick things off with the AEW Zero Hour. We're going to be seeing the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles on the line. MJF and Adam Cole challenging the champs. Aussie Open. And I feel like it's pretty crystal clear. I, I would be, I would kind of be a little bit angry if MJF and Adam Cole didn't win here because again, they're going to be in the main event. You don't want to start off the main event with two guys that lost on the zero hour. So I feel like that one kind of feels pretty straightforward. We then have a trios match. Kenny Omega teaming up with Hangman Adam Page and Kota Ibushi to take on Bullet Club Golds, Jay White, Juice Robinson, and Kanoshke Takeshita. Uh, I think that one's going to be a banger. We got a coffin match between Sting and Darby Allen t- uh, teaming up together to take on Swerve Strickland and Christian Cage. Again, he's replacing AR Fox. This is a coffin match, and I'm also kind of expecting Sting to do something crazy. You know he usually does at these premium live events. I mean, excuse me, these pay-per-views. I'm already confusing myself. Um, but you always, you always know that he's going to do something massive, so I am expecting that. Stadium Stampede, speaking of massive, The stadium stampede matches always tend to have a lot of creativity, a lot of crazy little spots that they do. We're going to be seeing Orange Cassidy, Best Friends, Eddie Kingston, Penta and Cero Miedo, uh, and Mystery Partner versus John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, Wheeler Yuta, Santana Ortiz. Um, This is really freaking cool. I'm looking forward to the stadium stampede overall. Uh, Real World's Championship, CM Punk. <laughs> defending against Samoa Joe. I feel like if we don't get something between CM Punk and MJF at the end of the show, I'm going to be like, what? Because you're having him defend his real world championship on the card. So I'm kind of expecting something storyline to happen with the real world champion and the actual AEW world champion. But we're also getting the AEW world's trios championship, uh, the acclaimed and Daddy Ass, the returning Daddy Ass, to take on the House of Black. So we'll see if the claim and Daddy Ass end up becoming trails champs or not. We're also going to be seeing the AEW Women's World Championship. Hikaru Shida defending her championship against Brett Baker, Soraya, and Tony Storm. Shida definitely has all of the odds stacked against her since Tony, Soraya, and Britt are all besties. Uh, and then... The AEW World Tag Team Championship, FTR, for the third time, they're going to be defending the titles against the Young Bucks in their third match together. So we kind of already know what to expect from these two teams. So uh, I hope they keep it uh, as good as the first two times or maybe even better. We'll see. And last but not least, the AEW World Championship match, the main event, Adam Cole versus MJF, MJF the champion. And this will be their second match of the night. Uh, Robin, overall thoughts on any specific matches here that you're like, damn, this one sounds pretty cool. Well, I I think the the main event is obviously where the intrigue is uh, as far as how that story is going to continue to go and where they're going to go with it. You know, could, could Adam Cole come out with the championship. I think that would be a memorable sort of moment at the end of All In because what you want to do is create a memory. I mean, I think you want people coming away from this show going, <gasps> something like that. So that that could be a moment to do that. Otherwise, I think the the, the uh, Jericho Osprey uh, build has been pretty good and that, that's a way to, to, to build up Will there. Um, but I, I think the main event and the fact that they're on the card twice is telling you 
that that this show is about those two guys, about Adam Cole and MJF, and and anytime CM Punk is involved, <laughs> as you probably know very well, there there's the potential for a, a lot of talk and, and gossip as, as to what happened both with him on the show and behind the scenes. But I, I think this is the the MJF and, and Adam Cole showcase. Yeah, I think you're definitely right on that. And just to touch on what you said, uh, I feel like just the Adam Cole MJF storyline in particular, I feel like everyone is kind of going a different direction in terms of what they think is going to happen. So I feel like there's not everybody here that this is not a predictable one, right? Because it could go either direction. So I feel like that within itself is exciting. And I feel like they set the show up again. When you got a coffin match on the card, you got the Golden Elite and Bullet Club Gold. I mean, there's just so much that, they're doing on top of that the stadium stampede we already ran through them but the point is they got a lot of good stuff here that i think they're going to do very well with uh we actually have a caller on the line sean from jacksonville who is looking forward to all in so sean you're on the air uh what are your thoughts heading into all in hey guys um actually honestly uh i think this is going to be and you just touched on it denise i think that this Adam Cole MGF thing is going to be like out of the box a little bit. When I was in school, I had like a bunch of friends and we were nutty about like, uh, you know, statistics and, you know, rankings. And we created this crazy virtual thing of all these wrestling characters. Nobody ever saw any action. All they did, all they did is saw the characters, illustrations that would get a guy from uh, Full Sail and uh, the, the championships they had, the matchups, and the outcome. And sometimes we had to do things where in order to get people to subscribe to the results, we had to try to find ways to do things that would be, you know, kind of out of the box. Like we didn't, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't, who won. We used a probability metric to decide that. But we had to write for characters whether they won or lost. And I think what we're about to see it all in is, I think it's going to be bigger than who it goes to, like who's the turner, who, you know, who turns on who. I think there's going to be a couple of different chunks, a couple of different hops before we get there. And I got a feeling it's probably going to tie all in and all out together, to be honest. It's going to be bigger than just the pre-show and the main event at all in, I think, you know. Awesome. Thank you, Sean. And I do feel like you're probably right on that, too. Like I said um, earlier, that going into All Out, there's only so many matches that are announced. I think it's like two, maybe even three at this point. Um, But there isn't that much yet, right? So I feel like, yes, coming out of All In, we should have some other answers as to what we're going to be seeing at All Out. And part of me, like, I don't like part, I know a lot of us are wondering, oh, is Adam Cole going to turn on MJF? Is MJF going to turn on Adam Cole? I almost feel that because we're expecting that, that it's almost not going to happen and that they're actually going to have a straightforward competitive match, especially if they uh, are heading into it as the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. Well, or does that go the other way, right? I mean, I know you think that what if they lose there? which sets up the conflict or sets up the, the stress between them going into the main event. I think, you know, there, there are a lot of different ways they could take it, but you, you don't put both of those guys in the tag match and then the main event without, like, basically flying a plane by Wembley Stadium with a, the tagline behind it, this show is about MJF and Adam Cole, right? Like, that's, 
That's what they're telling you. That's what they're saying. And I think it's the right move, too, because as we've discussed throughout the show, I think the next evolution for AEW is, is their storytelling. You know, can they, can they match the storytelling to the in-ring ability? And this has been probably their most successful foray into that, I believe, as far as building up their internal characters and, and committing people and getting them invested as to what may or may not happen. So I, I think that will be the ultimate sign of success for All In is how people take whatever happens between MJF and Adam Cole. NetCredit is here to say yes, because you're more than a credit score. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partners. NetCredit, credit to the people. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.